And now, WBW Theater. Welcome to WBW Theater. Listen to a series of radio dramas, comedies, mysteries, thrillers, westerns, all dedicated to preserving the golden age of radio. Those thrilling days of yesteryear, way back when families gathered together around the living room radio to join the theater of the mind. Listen now as we take you way back when imagination ruled and creativity had no limits. Listen now to WBW Theater. Here they are, the Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer and One-A-Day Brand Vitamins. boys and two girls make up the Quiz Kids class tonight. They, plus one teacher and a box full of questions, make up a lively half hour of learning and fun. You listeners send in the questions, and if we use your question on the air, the makers of Alka-Seltzer send you a certificate for a Zenith portable shortwave radio. And if the Quiz Kids miss your question, instead of the portable, you'll get a beautiful big Zenith cabinet model, a radio phonograph combination. So keep those questions coming in to Quiz Kids, Chicago. We'll soon know what tonight's questions are about because here comes teacher, our chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and good evening, everyone. Well, springtime has really come to Chicago, but I hope none of you quiz kids have spring fever tonight because we've got a lot of tough questions to plow through. Anybody playing hooky? Well, let's have the roll and see. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm nine years old and both going to Chicago, Illinois. Maureen? I'm Maureen Patrice Buckley. I'm 12 years old, and I'm in the eighth grade at Resurrection School. Harvey? I'm Harvey Bennett Fishman. I'm 15 years old, and I'm a junior at the South Shore High School. Judy? I'm Judy Graham. I'm 13 years old, and in the 9A at Calnan Junior High School in Des Moines, Iowa. And little five-year-old Richard, better known as Richard the Riddler. Go ahead, Richard. <laughs> I am Richard Weixler. I'm five years old, and I go to 1A at Shakespeare School. He <laughs> goes to 1A at Shakespeare School. Well, it's all in the same building. Now, I'll tell you, Richard, let's get this over with so I won't be worrying about it during the questions. Did you or did you not bring along a new riddle to stump me tonight? Yes, I did. Did you really? <laughs> oh, I was afraid of that. Well, all right, let's have it. How far can an egg drop before it breaks? Wait a minute, now, let's see. Don't tell me. How far can an egg drop before it breaks? Oh, dear. Well, I'm afraid I'll have to give up, Richard. Any distance. It doesn't break until it drops. Well, now, wait lands. a minute. Now. And what'd you say? It doesn't break until it lands. It, oh. <laughs> Any distance. <laughs> you know, when you started in to tell a riddle about an egg, I knew the yolk was going to be on me before it was all over with. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, here, here we go with questions. Here is a question from Mrs. B.L. Bixby of Oxford, New York. What husband gave his wife the only name she ever had? Harvey. Well, uh, just uh, Chance Adam giving Eve a name? 
That's the answer? Because he was the only one around to name her, so... That's right, <laughs> uh-huh. That's correct. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. All right, so far, so good. Now, here's an aviation math question from Helen Thompson of Denver, Colorado. A light airplane takes off on a windy day to fly to a destination 240 miles to the west. The wind is blowing steadily from the east. The plane arrives at its destination in two hours, but takes twice as long coming back. How fast would the plane have cruised if there hadn't been any wind at all? Maureen? Well, it'd go just the same. Wind doesn't regulate an airplane. Well, now, that is not the answer to this question. Joel? Uh, well, going there is, uh, goes 120 miles per hour. Going back, it goes 60 miles per hour. So 100 plus tw- 120 plus 60 is 180 miles per hour. Over 2 is 90 miles per hour. It goes if there wasn't any wind. That is right, 90 miles per hour. Very good, Joel. Now, let's try this one from Mary Ann Turnbull of St. Petersburg, Florida. What animals contributed to the making of these musical instruments? First, the piano. What animal contributed to the making of a piano? Maureen? Well, because the piano is ivory, I'd say the elephant. The, uh, what, what is ivory? From the elephant's, it's the elephant's tusk, so I'd say that... For ivory, well, what do they use the ivory on the piano? Uh, to coat the keys. That's right, on the keys, the elephant, that's right. Judy? Well, couldn't they use walrus tusks? Well, I (laughs) presume they could, but it's, uh... They, uh, that's a very good answer. But, uh... They do use the ivory from the elephant's uh, tusks. Uh, How about the drum? Richard? Well, uh... You uh, might be thinking of the kettle drum. Well, yes, could be. Richard, could be. Well, uh, kettle drum, uh, that's a sheep, a sheep, because uh, they are uh, used in the sheepskin uh, covering of the uh, kettle drum. Well, that, that's a very good answer, uh, Richard. However, I was thinking about the smaller drum, you know, the snare drum. What uh, what animal contributes to the uh, making of the snare drum? Well, I can't think of it. You can't think of that, huh? Well, um, Maureen? Well, um, drums are made by uh, stretching uh, skins of animals across, so I... What kind of skin, Maureen? I don't know. All right, Maureen. Would it be cowhide? Well, it's pretty close, calfskin. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, Richard's answer was very uh, acceptable in that particular instance. Now, uh, here we go with the third part of the question. How about the bow of the violin? All right, Richard. A horse, because uh, that is the uh, skin, you know, the... Uh... Horse hair. The horse horse hair. That's right. Uh, that's from the uh, tail and mane. Yes, from the tail and mane. Yes. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, 
Well, now listen carefully to this question thought up by Ann Young of Philadelphia. You'll hear three sounds, and each sound should remind you of the title of a well-known poem. I want you children to quote the opening line from each poem uh, that is suggested. All right, let's listen to the first. Maureen? Well, uh, that sounds like making horseshoes with an anvil, and so it's uh, the village blacksmith. I'd say under the spreading chestnut trees, the village blacksmith stands. That is right. Good girl, Maureen. Good girl. Judy? Well, this is just a technical point, but I, li- I believe it's the smithy instead of the blacksmith. Well, uh, yes, uh, yes, that's right. The village smithy stands, uh-huh. All right, now let's listen to the second part. Maureen? Well, that's a baseball game, I think, because it sounds like uh, the bat hitting the ball. That's right. And uh, it'd be Casey at the bat, but I'm afraid I can't think of the beginning line. Well, so far, you're right. Now, uh, uh, Harvey? Well, the, the first line is, the outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood 42 with but one inning left to play. And well, so now, forth. as long as we're getting technical on words... Well, there, there are several versions to Casey at the bat, as long as we're getting technical. Uh, <laughs> the... <laughs> Why don't I keep still? <laughs> well, what I meant was... Uh, Mr. I yield, Kelly, Harvey. All right. <laughs> There's another version which starts, it looked extremely rocky for the Mudville Nine that day. That's uh, right. That was the uh, technical version I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the poem is by Ernest Lawrence Thayer. That's correct. Uh-huh. And uh, here's the last part. Maureen? Well, that's something breaking, so it should be dishes. Well, uh, uh, Harvey? How about when in time of the breaking of nations? Isn't, I may not be quoting this exactly, but, uh, uh, trying to think of the author. (laughs) Well, technically, Harvey, I'm afraid I can't help you out on that particular (laughs) one. There is a poem called, uh, In Time of Breaking of Nations. Well, possibly you're right. I'm uh, thinking uh, uh, three breaks, incidentally, the sound effects. Uh, Harvey? Well, breaks, but uh, something about a wave uh, dashes over a stern and rock-bound coast from the pilgrims, the landing of the pilgrims. No, no. (laughs) This is... uh, You give up on this one? It's uh, the poem uh, Break, Break, Break by Tennyson. Break, break, break on thy cold gray stones, O sea. Well, that's a miss. That's right, teacher. The quiz kids missed that question. So Ann Young of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who sent it in, gets one of those big Zenith console radio phonograph combinations from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. It features a sensational new way to play records, and it's really a marvelous reward for a question. And now Bob Murphy conducts a quiz on definitions. All right, Joe. First, uh, Mr. Jones, give me your definition of uh, homemaker. Why, it's a woman who stays around home all day and just kind of keeps house. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Mrs. Jones, is that your definition of a homemaker? <laughs> it certainly is not. A homemaker is a combination cook, maid, diplomat, a laundress, a child psychologist, a purchasing mm-hmm. agent, bookkeeper of the budget, and a home nurse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, much more accurate. A homemaker has a terrific number of tough jobs. And that's why I want to tell you how Alka-Seltzer can be a part-time helper in your home. 
You mothers know how hard it is to be patient and understanding with the children when a hectic day brings on a pesky headache. Remember, Alka-Seltzer can bring you quick, comforting relief. And when the head of the house comes home from work, tired and grouchy because something he ate for lunch didn't agree with his stomach, Alka-Seltzer offers prompt relief for his acid indigestion. And when you're doubling as home nurse because someone in the family is home with a cold, remember Alka-Seltzer can help to soothe the headache and the ache-all-over feeling a cold brings with it. Alka-Seltzer makes a comforting gargle, too, if the cold has resulted in a sore, scratchy throat. And the day after Dad has cleaned out the garage and his muscles are sore and aching, uh, just fix him a glass of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer can be so helpful so often. Be sure you keep it handy in your home. Thank you, Bob. Well, kids, here we go again with this question from uh, Benjamin Richmond of Brookline, Massachusetts. And although it sounds easy, Mr. Richmond thinks you'll miss it and that he'll receive a Zenith radio phonograph combination. The question is... Who is the present head of the OPA? Harvey. Uh, Paul Porter, isn't it? Paul C. Porter, that is correct. He replaced Chester Bowles in February. When, uh, Joel? Uh, Chester Bowles is the economic stabilizer now. That's right, uh-huh. Uh, for the Office of War Mobilization Reconversion, the OWMR. All right, when President Truman flies to Washington after visiting at his home in Missouri, he can't leave without flying over one of the eight states that touch Missouri. Mrs. Agnes H. Miller, Washington, D.C., wonders whether you children can name five of the eight states that border on Missouri. Maureen? Well, uh, there's Iowa. That's one. Illinois. Two. Um, Nebraska. Nebraska, three. Um, I'm not sure, no. Joel? Uh, well, Kansas. Four. Kentucky. Five. Tennessee. Uh, six. Arkansas. Seven. And... Only have one more to go. Uh, did she name Iowa? Yes, I just see. have one more to go. And the West was, uh, let me... Well, let's see. Now, little Richard has his hand up. Richard, what is the other state? No, I didn't. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're playing with your tassel. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, Judy? Mississippi, I believe. No, no, no. Uh, Maureen? Uh, is it South? Well, no, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Huh? Oklahoma. <laughs> Joel, Joel says, yeah. What is it, Joel? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Both of them say Oklahoma. That's very good. You gave me eight out of eight. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the idea for this tricky history and music question comes from Sarah Harrison of Portland, Oregon. You kids are to get two of the three parts. Franz Fau, our pianist, will play songs which should re- uh, bring to mind battles in the Civil War. You are to tell not only the battles, but the opposing generals in command of each battle. Now, this is tough. Let's listen to the first one. What battle is suggested by this? Harvey? Well, that's Mr. Five by Five. Mr. Five by Five is correct. That's the uh, name of the song. Battle of Five Forks. Battle of Five Forks. No, so far, so here. good. How about the uh, commanding the generals? generals? Uh, I think that was fought uh, just before Chancellorsville. 
Well, now that's beside uh, the question. Yeah, I right. want decided, two names of two generals. Well, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I'd say Hooker and, and Jackson. No, that's uh, wrong. Judy? Could one of them be Lee? Well, technically, yes, but uh, not uh, in answer to you, this you particular... You direct command? Uh, yes. No. Joel? Well, one side probably would be McClellan. No. no. Uh, uh, Judy? Well, uh, Johnston or Hood? No. Harvey? Burnside for the Union. No, no. No, uh, you give up. Yeah. Uh, Sheridan for the Northern Army and Pickett for the Southern Army. Well, now that's a miss, but uh, we only asked for two out of three, so you still have two more chances. All right, let's listen to the next one. Judy? Well, I don't know the battle, I'm sorry to say, but that's uh, coming in on a wing and a prayer. No, it no, is. Judy. No, I'm sorry. Harvey? It's not like coming around the mountain when she comes. Well, you're pretty warm, Harvey. I hope let's I, have, uh, I let's hope. have it again, Franz. <laughs> I bet a lot of folks are singing that now while Franz is playing it. Uh, Joel? Be, be loaded with Perona? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, do we, do, Maureen? Has he got mountain in the title? Uh, no, but uh, probably took place on a mountain. Uh, Joe. Well, I know there was a battle of Lookout Mountain. Well, no, that the mountain really has nothing to do with the battle. Uh, there's a particular thing about the ti in the title of this song. Uh, uh, Judy? Could he play it again? <laughs> oh, I'm afraid, uh, I, of course, we all enjoy Franz's playing, but I, after all, you know, we enjoy listening to you kids, too, so we've got a lot of questions to go here. I'm going to have to tell you the title of this song. Perhaps you can give me the name of the battle. They cut down the old pine trees, the name of the song. So, uh, Harvey? Uh, seven, let's see. Seven Pines, isn't it? Battle of Seven Pines and... Uh, uh, well, Lee and... Uh, Lee was the commander of that battle, and McClellan opposed him. Well, uh... Just he was no, right in front of... No, uh, McClellan is... Uh, I'll accept McClellan's name as one. Well, Lee was uh, Johnson, I guess. Uh, Johnston, that's to... right. Uh-huh, of the Southern Army. That was fought in front of Richmond in uh, 1862. That's very, very good. Now, Sunday. look, instead of playing a song for this last part, Mr. Fowl will strike only two notes... And you kids are to name a battle suggested by these two notes. All right, Franz. Joel? G.A., so that'd be a battle in Georgia, wouldn't it? That's just what it would be. Uh, what battle, by the way, uh, Harvey? <laughs> well, there's a song titled Atlanta, G.A., the Siege of Atlanta in Georgia, conducted by General Sherman, and he was opposed by Hood and Johnston. That's very good. That's the answer to that. Well, I'm sorry, but we've uh, got another miss to uh, contend with. Uh, all right, Robert. That's right, Joe. We have another miss, so the makers of Alka-Seltzer give away another Zenith radio phonograph combination. And this one goes to Sarah Harrison of Portland, Oregon. All right, thank you, Robert. 
And I'll bet Miss Harrison is not sorry. <laughs> now, Joel and Richard will like this question because they're both so crazy over dogs. It comes from Mrs. Marguerite Messenger of Los Angeles. Let's suppose that you and your dog were playing charades. Now, what could your dog do to act out the following? Uh, what he does is really a synonym or pun for the following. For example, to portray a slight skin wound, he would scratch. Uh, you get the idea? All right. What would he do to portray a witty person or a humorist? What would the dog do to act that out? Of course, he can't talk. Uh, Maureen? Well, they say uh, rolling uh, with laughter, and so he could, couldn't he roll? And while he's rolling, what could he be doing to denote that he's completely overcome with laughter? Uh, Judy? Well, he could play dad. Oh, well, now that wouldn't work out at all. <laughs> Kelly is right. Uh, Judy? Well, uh, for the overcome angle, I was thinking. Well, uh, Maureen? Well, uh, overcome, could he roll on his back? Well, that's, that's pretty good, but uh, what does a dog do when he's happy and feels good? Maureen? Well, he wags his tail. He wags his tail, that's right. Uh-huh. That's what he would do, or possibly he might howl. Uh, now, what would he do to portray a tangle of string? Uh, Richard? Well, he could roll, couldn't he? Well, yes, he could. He could roll. And what else could he do, Richard? Well, you think a little while about that, Joel. Uh, well, sometimes... Uh, my dog, to scratch, you know, his head goes back, so all you can see is a headless body because his head is under his body scratching, so all you can see is a headless body, so it's a I big know, but uh, uh, what, would that, what would that do in, uh, insofar as a tangle of string is concerned? I, we've... Well, he's, he's all around himself. His head is around the other way. Oh, I see. He's a little tangled up. I see. Uh -huh. Maureen, what were you going to say? I was going to say that uh, string is using a ball, and he could uh, throw in a ball and roll around, but that's more or less what Joel said. Yes, that's right. And then, of course, if the ends became loose and uh, Judy... Well, if you had two dogs, uh, one could tangle with the other. Yes, that's right. But uh, still, that isn't the answer. The answer to this, insofar as the tangle of string is concerned, he could snarl. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, now what does he do to suggest a pair of trousers? Judy. He pants. He pants. That's right. Well, it looks like we're going to give another big radio away, Robert. It sure does, Joe. That's another question that stumped the kids. So uh, Mrs. Margaret Messenger of Los Angeles, California, gets a big Zenith radio phonograph combination for sending it in. And now, while the quiz kids rest, Bob Murphy and company maintain the schoolroom tradition by reciting the ABCs. Uh, these are the Alka-Seltzer ABCs that spell comfort when you have a cold. A, Alka-Seltzer. Take it to ease up the headache and the ache-all-over feeling of a cold. B, be careful. Beware of drafts and overheated rooms. Be wise. Dress warmly, eat carefully, and get plenty of extra rest. C, comfort your throat. See how quickly an Alka-Seltzer gargle can soothe your throat if it's sore and scratchy from the cold. Yes, see that you have plenty of Alka-Seltzer in your home, so at the first sign of a cough or sneeze, you can start those Alka-Seltzer ABCs. 
Keep your eye on your supply. And remember, when your tablets get down to four, that's the time to buy some more. Okay, Professor Joe, let's see what else the quiz kids know. Well, now, children, uh, Eleanor Graydon of Chicago has a notion that even if you didn't give your ages on this program, listeners could judge your age pretty well from your answers to this question. She wants to know what your idea is of a real good time. Maureen? Well, I think uh, my idea is a, of a real good time is a party with them. Um, it's full of excitement and... Well, I, myself, I'm just a fiend for excitement, so anything that's exciting is to me is a good time. I know getting on a quiz kids is a good time for me. Oh, uh, well, that's all right. Of course, you didn't throw any ice cream in there. I suppose you like that, too, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, sure. All right, Joel. Well, uh, well, playing... Talk into your microphone. Playing so one it. of my baseball games with one hand and petting my dog and the other and listening to the radio with an uh, exciting mystery on the radio with both ears. Wow. That's a... That's an idea. You'd almost have to be an octopus to do that. Well, uh, Harvey? Well, I think some of the best times I've ever had are watching South Shore's basketball team take on all comers, although we kind of were taken off this year. <laughs> yeah, but it, it really is a lot of fun to watch the, the team out there playing. Well, I'll bet it is, Harvey. Uh, Judy? Well, uh, first and foremost, I like to swim, and then I like to dance. Uh-huh. Well, those are all very nice. Uh, Richard, how, what is your idea of a real good time? Uh, playing games. Playing games. What uh, sort of games? Do you have any preference? Uh, well, let's see. What games do you uh, like the best? Well, I like uh, checkers pretty good. Uh, checkers, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else do you like, Richard? Well, there's a game called Check Cards. Oh, Check Cards. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. That's good, too. It's almost like the checkers. And, uh, well, I, that, now, those are all uh, fine. Uh, do you, have you thought of another one, Joel? Uh, well, I have uh, good fun with my dad playing chess and cribbage with him. Uh-huh. You don't do that while you're patting your dog and listening to the radio <laughs> and... and <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> you've heard the bell, so all's well, quiz kids. Questions are over, and as usual, you gave us a splendid half hour of education and laughs. Each one of you five children gets a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. And three of you win the additional honor of coming back to school next week for another competition. While our judges add your scores to pick the winners... I'd like to tell you a story about a little boy who grew up in Czechoslovakia. David Hoffman is his name. When David was seven years old, the Nazis took David and his family to a concentration camp at Auschwitz, where this little child saw his own parents and his brothers and sisters cremated. David escaped before his turn came, but he was recaptured and sent to the horror camp at Dachau. When the American army liberated Dachau, they found David sick, starved, and dirty. The Red Cross field director of the 925th Aviation Engineers took David in charge. The outfit nursed him back to health. When the 925th sailed for America, a Red Cross worker in Paris took over. Now, David had a sister in America. 
He didn't know her address or her married name. But the Red Cross, checking on both sides of the ocean, located his sister and brought David to her home in America. Healthy and safe, David started to school in Chicago last week. He's a guest in our classroom right now, attending his very first broadcast, and he has a short message for you. Go ahead, David. Just want to say that I hope everybody will give to the Red Cross that they can... That they can help other people the way they have helped me. Thank you, David, my boy. Friends, to help our men and women still overseas and in hospitals, to help the victims of fire, flood, and tornado, to help humanity everywhere, the Red Cross needs your help. Please give generously. Now, to get back to our schoolroom, I uh, have uh, your report cards, quiz kids, as a class. Now, let's see. How many questions did you miss? Three questions. Harvey was first, Maureen second, and Richard and Joel tied for third. Now, you four winners will be back in school two weeks from tonight, and next Sunday night will be ladies' night in our quiz kids' classroom. We'll have an all-girl program with Judy Graham, 13, Ruthie Duskin, 11, Naomi Bernards, 12, Rochelle Liebling, uh, 6, and Maureen Buckley, 12. And do you know why it will be in all girls next week? Well, our special guest will be the jovial MC of that rollicking program, Queen for a Day, Jack Bailey. <laughs> so don't miss the fun next week, folks. This is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until the same time next week. Good night, kids. Good night, Mr. Mr. Kelly. Mr. Kelly. <laughs> Listen to the Quiz Kids every Sunday and to Lum and Abner every Monday through Thursday. And listen to our familiar slogan, when your tablets get down to four, that's the time to buy some more. More what? More Alka-Seltzer, of course. Alka-Seltzer is just the ticket for fast relief when acid indigestion comes along. To help sweeten an upset acid stomach, be wise. Alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Join us again as we bring you exciting thrills and adventure, rip-roaring comedy, and shoot-'em-up westerns and gangbusters. Next time, when your imaginations will be invited into the theater of the mind with WBW Theater.